Podcast with me, Andy White, and as always, Martin Theobald. Yo. <laughs> Martin's also amazing. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to have to excuse my voice as well because I was up doing karaoke with the wife and the wife's cousin in our living room until four o'clock this morning on the TV. So it's not good. Like, it's not a good um, situation all around. We don't even have the velvety, dulcet tones of Terry Chapandama to, today to. Uh, to ease over the... Uh... No, although he was equally hungover last week, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> We've tagged in this week. <laughs> Welcome to the AA version of... Uh... Yeah, no. maybe we can do like a little call-in section for like therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, right. Shout so out to Terry. As, uh, yeah, indeed. We don't have a massive amount to discuss. Good. Good. <laughs> 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 as we've kind of alluded to before we started the uh, the pod, and, and yeah, sort of we came to the uh, conclusion that it's probably a good thing. Probably for the best for you um, and us. <laughs> can I uh, just say, like, apologies for the sound quality last week. Um, it's uh, a teething process that we've got um, introducing more people to the pod, and it's a learning process for all of us, um, given that. I don't think we expected to do more than about three episodes when we first started doing this. No. Mm. I'm so surprised when I come here every week. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I certainly didn't expect anyone to uh, want to uh, be part of the podcast, so it was uh, it was nice to have Ch- Terry on. We're hoping to work with him again, and uh, and I'll have to es- establish a way of doing things that um, allows us, basically, for you to listen to us because we got some feedback as well last week. Right? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was appreciative, wasn't it? People no, liked we, it. We don't normally hear from people. So, yeah. I mean, to get feedback, stuff like, um, I was going to book a hearing test. <laughs> like, oh, all right, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, <laughs> save your money, mate. I did like it. it was, your, your, pod, your pod sound is terrible. Or I need to book a hearing test. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. Yeah. So, yeah, um, no, it's always nice to get that kind of feedback. I love the fact that there was some margin of benefit of doubt there as well. Afforded <laughs> <laughs> to us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's two minutes burned. Right. And, let's and we'll in... see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's go into the review, the Lee Haskins review. Um, I didn't see it, so I'm relying solely on your... Uh, I... Um... Yeah, so Lee Haskins was fighting Ivan Morales uh, for his IBF bantamweight world title, um, and yeah, it was it was Haskins' first. It was his opportunity to legitimise himself as a champion because he was the one who was given his belt on the the scales um, on the undercard of Cotto Canelo when his opponent um, didn't make weight. So it was his opportunity to make his first defence. So it was on. Um, Channel 5 live last night. So they put together, it was the first uh, card for Barry McGuigan on Channel 5. Because it used to be Mick Hennessy had the Channel 5 deal. Uh, Mick Hennessy being Tyson Fury's manager. Um, and he doesn't have it anymore. So what Barry McGuigan had done was teamed up with um, the Sanigars down in Wales who 
manage uh, Haskins, and they put on this show last night in uh, in Cardiff, and like in theory, it was a really really good show on paper. You've got um, Andrew Selby uh, won the British title um, at uh, flyweight, I think, for uh, what was his fifth fight, which is a tremendous achievement. I mean, it's a very limited market down at those weights because I mean that many people to uh, to fight against. So he beat Louis Norman on the undercard. Um, in what was an impressive display for somebody who's in their fifth fight. Um, but yeah, then Haskins goes on. He was a main event, um, and he I say beat Ivan Morales on points. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a great performance by Haskins. In all honesty, um, he did a lot of. He he throws short, sharp bursts of shots, um, in like twos and threes, and then hugs Morales quite a lot. Um, <laughs> what that was his that was him last night, or did you, did you see? It he he does that. Style? Yeah, he does it quite a lot anyway. But he was doing it. It was very noticeable last night, and maybe that's because there was a, a heightened expectation of him now that he's a world champion. That maybe you know he's going to be in more. Exciting. Now I love watching Lee Haskins because. He's got a very um, awkward style, southpaw. Um, the one thing that's noticed, I mean, he fights with his hands so low. Um, just trying to, like, he does a lot of counter shots. Um, let's say southpaw. He circles, it's so noticeable watching it last night, how often he circles to the right. So if you think a southpaw has their right hand as the lead, um, and what he does, he circles off to the right, and he was fighting against another southpaw, so it's always a little bit awkward when you get two southpaws. Never a great style mash, anyway. Um, but I just think Morales never once threw a lead um, left, and so like <laughs> he was jabbing very, very softly, but never he never took the chance to throw the lead left. And Haskins had his hands so low, it would have been primed to just take a punt. Like, oh, okay. And he was getting beaten on points so comprehensively, it was fairly obvious by about the ninth round, probably, that Haskins had it on points. So you're just thinking, like, just take a have a go at it, mate. Like, just try something over the top. Like, it, as, it makes you wonder if you can see that. What what are his corner doing, or what yeah, is he thinking? I mean, it, it's easy for me to sit there and say it because I ain't the one. You know, Haskins a very good counter puncher, so it could well be that you know he was it's scared. Similar it, to the Klitschko Fury scenario, where Klitschko just didn't un- unload that shot for fear of whatever. Um, maybe it's the same as that, but you just thought by the end, come on, mate, Like you're so far behind. Yeah. Just have a go at it. But Haskins was quite happy just continuing to... Um, I say he does his work, moves away at angles. He's a very nice fighter. I say, unfortunately, he does this holding. Um, which I don't know what you put it down to, really. A safety-first approach. Um, I don't think you could accuse him of a lack of engine because... Uh, you know, he he goes and goes and goes, and he's clearly a 12-round fighter, and that wasn't a big problem for him. But uh, as much as he's got a, a nice eye-catching style to watch when he's uh, openly fighting, it, it, it did get a little bit tedious last night, to be honest, to uh, to watch him kind of rugby tackle his opponent again <laughs> and again and just wrap him up. Yeah, when, he, got a, he got a warning a for it. Before, yeah. Um, you know, he got a warning for it. He's well within his rights to do it until he gets that point deducted. But it, yeah, it wasn't. 
it wasn't beautiful. I, I wanted to ask you at the beginning of this. You said uh, Southport Southport's never make a good um, mashup. I think was the the term used. But essentially, they just don't they don't combine well when you've got two Southpaws. Why is that? I don't know. Um, because it- Southpaws aren't necessarily Southpaws are more used to fighting orthodox fighters because they're. You know, most fighters are predominantly orthodox. Right. You have more right-handed people than left-handed people in the world, and so to actually have two southpaws is quite odd. And so they don't come across it all that often. So it's uh, okay. It, um, you know, it's a rarity for them. Um, whereas fighting, you know, an orthodox fighting a southpaw, they don't necessarily like it because it makes it very difficult. But southpaw and southpaw is then the equivalent for that. Southpaws are used to fighting orthodox people because, as I say, predominantly most people are. Right-handed, um, and so to actually have two southpaws is very, very rare, um, right, okay. and so it doesn't always look that good. Really. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I, I just wondered. Um, um, yeah, so Stuart Hall is the mandatory for um, uh, Lee Haskins, who uh, he was quite vocal on Twitter last night. When I was saying earlier about the the card, it was it was a good card. You had a um, Celtic title fight on there, the British title fight, and a world title fight, which is you know like if you had that on a Sky card, you'd be very very happy with that. But it's on free domestic TV, mm. and yet the atmosphere and um, it wasn't particularly full inside the ice arena in Cardiff. The atmosphere looked pretty shitty, to be fair. Um, it just wasn't. <laughs> It didn't look that great, to be honest. Um, so what is it? That, I don't know. Why does Sky manage to make such uh, good-looking... Is it the production? Is it the... You know, what brings people to theirs? Other promoters, you know, such as last night, the uh, the McGuigans, just haven't nailed that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It? I suppose you've just got some... Certainly, I suppose from my perspective, like, there's certain fighters that I'm just interested in, others that are just certainly... <laughs> for me... You can pretty much draw a graph that corresponds to my interest growing with the size of the boxer yeah. uh, in terms of weight. <laughs> I, know, I don't know why that has, happens to be the case. Yeah. But um, so I wouldn't like. I, it doesn't. It wouldn't matter if it was a unification bout for a bantamweight title. I'm unlikely to pay any attention to it unless it was on the undercard of something that was bigger. Yeah. Right. yeah. So why are you doing this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I did the host him. <laughs> I leave the actual genuine box interest to you. Um. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, I, but what I mean is that's that's generally what I find. Yeah, I think that's that's probably true of the general public as well. Like, you know, more people. That's why Anthony Joshua is so yeah. huge. And I don't Maybe it's punching power. It's... I guess it's I guess it's the risk of something like yeah. a knockout happening. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people last night were saying about Haskins leaving his chin out after he's thrown shots, and he does it. He does it a lot, but A, he's a very good counter-puncher. B, you know, he must trust his chin to some extent. And C, as you've just said, really, like, Bantam weights don't necessarily carry that one-punch knockout power that's going to take his head off. Yeah, um, it's a kind of a risk he can play with. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, he's very well schooled in what he does, so I guess he's probably, you know, inspiring taking those shots and learnt that he can stand there and take them. So, uh, yeah, so you've got Stuart Hall, um, who now his... Um, mandatory challenger uh, who was saying last night about Stuart Hall's a, a sky fighter now um, matchroom fighter so uh, yeah I think he would prefer that it was on sky for it'd make it a bigger show to be fair bigger payday for both of them um, it would make sense whether or not it happens whether I don't know we'll see It'll... not the um, 
much maligned BBC correspondent Stuart Hall. I mean, the box of Stuart Hall. Is he dead? <laughs> no. no he's he was you treed, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not him. So it might be part of his punishment. <laughs> getting the ring and getting his head knocked off. No. No, the <laughs> he's about child, 75 child well. abusing 70-odd-year-old BBC correspondent. I wouldn't have had the coaster Stuart. there if I wasn't half still hammered. <laughs> anyway, um, have, have you got anything, fuck's sake. Have you got anything more to say about that? Uh, no, um, no, other than, yeah, it wasn't a vintage performance, but it was enough and he did the job convincingly. Okay, yeah, because I got bored of that. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I just think if I am, somebody's bound to be. <laughs> um, Wilder versus Povetkin is off. Off. It's been delayed. Okay, why? Povetkin's failed a drugs test. Ah. Oh, um, uh, and his second sample as well? Is this a B sample? Right, so it's his A sample. He's oh, okay. come back with melodonym, something like that. I don't know. Is, my... this, is this the same thing that, um, that the, tennis player was taking? Uh, uh, possibly, yeah, uh, Kornikova. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to her. Part yeah, I think pictures. But, um, <laughs> it doesn't increase red blood cells. Or something, yes, that's yeah. the one. Um, now, <laughs> right. So he was saying it. He was taking it in a similar scenario, a little bit to the Kornikova one. He's admitted he was taking it up until the point where it came off the banned list. But there could be enough residual of it left in your blood system. This is what he's claiming. Whereas the WBC, I think they have VADA testing. I'm fairly sure it's VADA that do it for them. Um, so they've found him guilty off of the first sample. And so now they're awaiting a second sample. Now, let's put this into con. They announced it yesterday. It came out. Um, and they said, you know, let's wait and see. It's not definitely off. It's... Uh, now, Lucas Brown, when he failed his drugs test after he won the world the WBA regular world title... Oh, his, his B sample came back positive again. Yes, so his A sample came back positive, and so they had to get the B sample done. It took two months, two months to get that B sample back. Now, Povetkin failed his knowingly last week with their fight due to take place next Saturday night, so like, what, eight, nine days or whatever. And the WBC was saying, oh, no, hold on, we'll see what happens. Like, you jump into conclusions. Like, Lucas Brown took two months to get his back. <laughs> You're saying you can do it in like eight, nine days. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, so they've come out today and said it's now delayed, uh, pending the outcome of what this is, which is such a shame. Um, is, is that, I find that an odd one. I don't. I mean, I don't know the rules around it, but if someone... Don't take drugs. It's if, rules. If they, <laughs> if they fail at their A sample and then go, oh, yeah, but I used to take it, and then they explain basically that they've taken it, what's the point of testing their B sample? No, I, I, I think basically like he would still be guilty, even if right. he took it up to that ban point and then it's just residual left over. He still like that's bollocks in it, surely. Yeah. I don't know enough about these things by any means, but yeah, because if, um, if it came back clear that B sound, but I thought you said you took some, nah, yeah, <laughs> so he must, he must be like you say, he must be guilty now, regardless of what, yeah, unless that B sample comes back as clear and there was a mix up or whatever, oh, then that's different, yeah. but yeah, you'd have to question why um, he starts admitting to have taken it at some stage, yeah, yeah, um, but I mean, you look at. Povetkin, since he got beaten by Klitschko, his body type has changed a lot. He's kind of lost weight and put on bulk, and he's kind of bulked up around the shoulders. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he looks like a really good drugs taker, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, handy at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I, I still think there's, there's a, 
a lot more drugs in sport just generally than yeah. than is than we are aware. No, I agree. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's just it's the same as anything. There's 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 always they're always playing catch ups. There's bound to be athletes out there that are taking drugs, they're not getting caught, they're dominating the world of sport, and then just disappearing into the ether. And you never, you know, they're never going to get caught. Yeah, I mean, um, the you know the drugs testing bodies do claim you know they're cl- they're catching an awful lot more. Um, that's fine, but I mean, you've got to be naive if you think you know nobody is fucking taking them. Like, yeah. if you're at the highest level of any sport, but uh, you know, boxing in particular, where you're going out to try and damage somebody else, if you can get that little advantage through taking something that will, you know, increase your red blood cells or whatever. Like, well, I think we were talking about this a little while ago. Like in the UK, they're only allowed water in their corner, aren't they? Water yeah. and Vaseline. You said that it was a certain type of Vaseline as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so it doesn't have steroid types. It is, so yeah, it's a certain type. Yeah, yeah. Or um, you said, you or say something about anesthe- anesthetic properties yeah. or something. So, um, but then in the US, they're allowed isotonic drinks. So you, 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 you're instantly going to be thinking any possible, like trying to stretch something in any possible way um, to, to get an advantage. I yeah, and you can't think, like with the Lucas Brown one, he was an away fighter fighting in Chechnya, I think it was. And like, yeah, okay, maybe they spiked his drink or whatever and made him look really bad. Uh, this is Povetkin, a Russian fighter, getting caught in Russia. So, like, you've got to be pretty fucking stupid if you've been caught <laughs> by your own <laughs> doping bodies yeah. who want you to go out and make them lots of money and, and go ahead with the fight. So, like, um, yeah, it's it doesn't look good for... Call me cynical, but I wouldn't even expect the Russians to dob someone in. <laughs> no, I know. That's how bad it's got to be. <laughs> like, so. They'd be so happy, like, oh, don't worry. Don't yeah. worry about this. Don't worry about it, uh, <laughs> Mr. Bovetkin. You can, uh, you can go and fight. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, when you saw Tyson Fury go and beat Klitschko in Germany and took his own water and wouldn't let anybody give him anything after that final bell until he'd taken his drugs test. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, oh, like okay. he took everything over himself. And there's a video clip of him in the changing room where someone's trying to give him a drink and he's like, nah, fuck off. Like, I'm not having anything until they've come and done that drugs test on me. Like, because anything could have been contaminated whilst we were out in the ring. Um, and so he absolutely point, but despite the fact he'd just gone twelve rounds, like refused to put anything into his body that hadn't been with the team throughout the whole day. <laughs> that's, um, such, that's almost paranoia, but I, lo- I love it. It's paranoia, it's but attention to detail. Um, yeah. yeah, like you can't fault that when you see no, how other things. No, that's go. great. Um, I, I didn't know it though. I find that fascinating because it's, it's such preparation as well, and given. I don't know. You just you just feel like you can't put it past some people that would do anything. No, to, absolutely. To do that. Um, oh look, you seem to have you seem to have tested positive for PCP. Well, why would I take that before a fight? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently you have. Yeah, it's a strange one. Okay. Yeah, so unfortunately that's off, which was uh, next weekend, which is part of now our, our dearth of action to review, also <laughs> preview. But importantly. It's bought us a few more minutes. Importantly, yeah. So, despite the fact, you know, you're a fucking idiot for taking drugs in a sport where you're trying to hurt other people, you're a knobhead, you should be banned for life, Povetkin. Yeah. You have given us a couple of minutes of uh, talking points about yeah. something oh, I'm completely uneducated in. Although, I haven't said that. Well, I would always... I, I would definitely advocate having drug boxing where boxers are allowed to take as much juice as possible, every single one. There's no, there's no holds barred. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> they can just. I mean, I realise to some extent that's the unlicensed scene, but like, I'd happily have 
juice head boxing. Yeah, do it. Monsters <clears throat> that climb into the ring of each other. But I've always I've advocated having the the drug Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> so like, see how fast you can do the hundred meters if you're on ketamine <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. I've no idea what these drugs do, but. Um, four seconds yeah. as a man takes cheetah hormones yeah like taking speed on the 100 meter track like in the blocks <laughs> do that I didn't care rubbing their gums yeah. I didn't give a fuck like at that point if you want to ruin your own body do it and like add boxing to that mm. Olympics whilst you're at it and like, let two smackheads beat the shit out of each other I don't care get them off the streets and do it. I don't care like but don't do it in the legitimate sport yeah. because you're risking other people's lives and, yeah, yeah yeah definitely uh, you know if and you haven't true. signed up for the fucking junkie Olympics and junkie boxing don't do it it's... yeah no I have to agree with you I think you'd pretty much be on board with most people's thinking there okay so let's move on to from junkie boxing to <laughs> to no no I've got no segue to that whatsoever on to um it's gonna be a pretty slanderous segue to be fair <laughs> whatever yeah, you try and true enough um right yeah david hay basically david um, hay versus greg i just remember him as a cobra, the cobra. i, ain't got no, I don't what know his what his name is yeah. fucking scrabble man 29 and 0 though 29 and 0 david hay is still bigging him up as being the second longest winning streak in heavyweight but <sighs> Like, give it a rest, mate. Yeah. Like, we know he's shit. We're not stupid. Stop pretending that we are. Yeah. We we know he's shit. You know he's shit. Like, and when he dismantles him in about 13 seconds, he's going to be like, what? how does he explain that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, interestingly, Shannon Briggs' opponent on the undercard, Dimitrenko, if you now look on BoxRec, Dimitrenko isn't listed as his opponent anymore. Um, so I don't know who they're going to get in or Do we expect- what's going on. Hay and Briggs to fight after this. They are apparently fighting <clears throat> after this. Um, I mean, we haven't heard yet whether Briggs has passed his uh, his medical with the board. Um, but all the actions due to kick off this week and thankfully end this week because uh, I mean, to be like the the Hay fight is <laughs> um, it's laughable, really. Like. The the first fight back, the Mark Demori one, people were interested to see what Hayes still got left. Okay, beats him up in a round or whatever. Like, yes, he can still punch hard. Yes, he can still get in the ring. Yes, there were enough people there that were interested in seeing it. It's a tough sell, this one. And, like, it's... <clears throat> it's um, hard to not believe he's only there for the money when he picks this fight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like... This isn't an ambitious fight. This isn't for ranking. This isn't for anything apart from money. Um, would be my view of it. Now I might be completely wrong on that, and uh, yeah, maybe. But from a very cynical perspective, it doesn't look good. Where, where does he realistically go if he if he let's say he fights Shannon Briggs, um, say in, in September? I don't know. I don't know when it would be, but let's just say there. Where where can you foresee him going from that point onwards? Because I, I, he's not going to fight Fury. Well, I don't think Fury would entertain a fight of him unless he's man mandated to fight him. I don't even know no, if he would do he it. He wouldn't then. do it then. He said. Uh, so so basically, his his only big fight is going to be against Joshua, right? Yeah. That's because you can you see that happening. Actually, you might have spoken about this before. Yeah. That that's <clears> the next logical big fight for Joshua to take before Fury or. Well, he's not going to get Fury. I think. No, Joshua. Oh, I mean. for Joshua. I don't know. Joshua's 
you know, he's got various options that he can go down. He's he holds a lot of the cards, to be fair, despite the fact he's not the holder of all the belts and what have you. He is a massive selling point, and he is worth loads and loads of money. They can kind of dictate terms to wherever they want in terms of who they fight. Um, you know, for Joshua, you sent us. You were saying it the other week. Um, he's in it for the belts and the the accomplishments in the sport. Eddie Hearn's in it for the money and to make him as much money as possible. So, um, where they go is probably going to be a. You know, if it's down to Joshua, I'm sure he would say, "Get me the Fury fight next." Whereas I'm sure Hearn would say, "Let's look at what makes us the most money." Yeah. And part of that will be dictated by the the ticket sales for Klitschko Fury Two, which rumored aren't that great. Um, they're very highly priced tickets, which isn't a, a, an astounding move by Frank Warren. <laughs> um, mm. <coughs> priced an awful lot of fans out of it. But uh, yeah, for Joshua, where do he go next? Um, who offers him the most money is probably where he's going to end up. Now, you could realistically see Hay versus Joshua as a, a stadium fight next year, perhaps. But again, it's going to depend a little bit on... How well the O2 sells next week for, for see, David Hay? The, the, the problem, the problem I see foresee with Hay, just going on the basis of, of well, just rough guessing and what people have said, is it's almost like it seems um, it's a pointless fight for Joshua to take on because it's dangerous enough that he could possibly lose it, and and the Fury fight, which is also one of those fights, is going to make him far more money. I would I would expect. Do you not think so? No. <clears throat> no, it's a difficult. Like holding belts doesn't guarantee you money, I suppose. Oh, hey, now you've got a pretty loyal following, I suppose. Isn't hey, he's it? got a loyal following. It's interesting to me. Klitschko for years, for the last ten years, has been selling stadiums out over in Germany. Years against like some crap opposition, whatever, and they're doing the the Fury Klitschko fight at the MEN in Manchester, and it's not sold out. You know, like a Joshua fight sells out in thirty seconds. The Fury one hasn't sold out yet. So, is that a money fight? I, <clears throat> I think Fury, as much as I'm a massive fan of him, he isn't. He's not worth the most money in the division, possibly. Um, you know, if he can't sell out the MEN against Klitschko for a, a world title fight, then it doesn't. It doesn't say a lot for his selling potential. Now, whether that's because he isolates himself from the general public with some of the stuff he comes out with, <laughs> that puts people off, probably. He doesn't have that same kind of appeal to the casual sports fan as Andy Joshua does. And so Joshua, well, his management of Hearn and co. may well look elsewhere for uh, for an opponent in the future. Uh, I'm sure if it were down to Joshua and money, if he's going to earn £10 for fighting David Hay and £10 for fighting Tyson Fury, I'm sure he'd go for Tyson Fury himself because of he wants those belts and that legacy etc um unfortunately it's not quite that simple is it really it's it's more of an al- uh, an algorithm around yeah you, you do what it's, i just feel like it's going to be one of those one of those things where uh people say oh you fought him on the way down or like those sort of but i mean I'm the, if anything the fortunate thing is that um jo- for me at least joshua and fury is the most enticing belt when they're about the same age yeah. So you, you could argue they're going to be on the same trajectory career-wise. So if they ever meet, they should be meeting at around about the same condition. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a Mayweather-Pacquiao. Although it wasn't at their peak, they were both not at their peak. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long David Hayes got at the top, if you can consider it at the top. Yeah, we're not going to find out this weekend either, no. I think it's fair <laughs> to say. Like, if, the, if it goes past a round, I would be surprised. Does it? 
I realise this isn't necessarily what we're talking about, but does does Briggs pose any threat to him? No, at all? he's fucking shot. He was <laughs> hardly like he was hardly that good when he was at his peak. So he got battered about by uh, Vitali Klitschko, which there's no shame in that. Um, but he showed his level at that point that he wasn't that good. Um, he was good. He was world title level, but he wasn't the elite level. Yeah, that was. 10, 12 years ago. Like, he's an older man now. And don't get me wrong, he's in phenomenal shape. And I wouldn't say it to his face particularly, but he's an older man. And he's probably juicing off his tits, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, look at the fucking stadium. You don't get, you know, yeah. his body shape is one that if you went and handed it over to Varda and asked them to uh, to comment, I'm sure they'd have a field day. But I, I feel as, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, 40-year-old men, no matter how hard they train, do not look like that. No, especially when they didn't look like that as 30-year-old men. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some question marks there. So is he a threat to Hay? I don't know. Uh, it depends how much speed he does in the changing room before the fight. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, how bad has Hay got to be to have... To, essentially, that's that'd be the question. That's what it comes down to. How, how bad... So, um, uh, what... And then, sort of, the longer point I was trying to make from this is, when are we ever going to see David Hay? When's the next time we're likely to see David Hay actually have a fight that's worth watching? Well, it's probably going to be 2017 now. Um, you know, it's going to be into next year. If he's got this fight <clears throat> coming up in May... How, how can he get himself up for these things? That's what I don't understand. There's literally no challenge whatsoever. No, I, I, no idea at all. Um, Strange. Yeah, it's a shocker, really. And it's a waste of a fight, let's be honest. Because he ain't got that many fights left in no, his career. No, well, this is the thing I'm thinking. Like, What I'll end up doing is Joshua will wait for him to go past his peak, then fight him. And you think, oh, it would have been nice for him to fight him about now. Yeah, say really. it a push. An absolute push. If he was in it for the right reasons, which I think there's question marks over. But coming back into the sport for the right reasons, if he was... <sighs> yeah. Early to mid thirties, you could say he's maybe got. If you said three fights a year, maybe got ten fights left in him. If it all went well during that period, yeah. he's wasted two of them off the bat, and he's gonna waste another one because he's gonna fight Briggs. Yeah, it's a wasted, you know, a third yeah, almost yeah, of yeah, what he's coming facts. back for. If that, you know, I know that's very hypothetical to say yeah. that, but it's probably not unreasonable. He's wasted a third of it fighting no marks and people that were fucking. All right in the nineties. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. so it doesn't it doesn't exactly get me too excited. No, it's unfortunate. I it frustrates me to be honest. But then, what's new with the world of boxing and politics? So, um, or boxing politics that is. Yeah, what we got to do next Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I think we should leave the European Union. Um, White versus Huey Fury. It says it's not happening. Uh, wasn't he yeah. ordered, They were ordered to fight, and now that now it's not happening. <coughs> so fill fill us All in. Right, the so details. last week the British board put out their circulars, which is where they announce um, what happens. Quite interesting. I'm going to do a piece on this at some point. Is the uh, process of how you get yourself into the position to fight, say, for a British title. Like, how do you get there? It's quite interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, I can imagine actually. Yeah, and so when it comes to the board circulars coming out, like promoters and managers look forward to it. it happens once a month, um, and it's like their Christmas day, and so they're sat there. So um, 
Let's look at that. Let's focus on the heavyweight division for now. But, I mean, this can kind of go... So you've got John McDermott, who has been the English heavyweight title holder for a long time. He hasn't actually fought since 2013, and they've not stripped him of that belt. Ridiculous. <laughs> That's... 2014 it's at least two years he hasn't fought and he's held he's still the belt holder so they finally this month stripped him um due to inactivity and so you've got the english title and then you've got the british title so it's one level above that so anthony joshua is currently the british title holder but as he's moved on to world level he's not going to come back down to british to defend that okay and so he's vacated it and handed it over um and so you've now got the English and the British have both been stripped or vacated. So they're both available and up in the air. Um, and so you've got all these fighters that are then sat around, that are around that level, that would like to fight for it. Um, so how do you get yourself into that position to do so? So the board came out this week. Uh, they do it for all weight divisions. It's but, like a selection procedure, presumably. Yeah, but those managers and promoters for the fighters, this is where they earn their corn, is that they have to try and um, manoeuvre their fighter into a position whereby right. they are able to either fight for it or fight eliminators for it. And so the um, it was announced by the board that Huey Fury was to fight Dillian White for the British title. Um and so at that point, they have to almost like discard Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury. So those two are no longer involved in the mix because they're world title holders, so they have to go to the next level down. So Huey Fury versus Dillian White. They announced that in these board circulars. And then the same day, Peter Fury came out and said, um, no, we don't want the Dillian White fight for Huey. Um, we've known him too long and he's a friend, basically. So like, we'll let Dillian fight for it and we'll go our own route. Which is that a duck? Like, mm. so what if your friends just fucking fight him? Yeah. Like, you're not going in there to hold hands. You're not going in like. <clears throat> That'd be a good fight, is what I thought. I'd think it'd be a very good. Like, yeah. that is a fight that excites a lot of people. Yeah, that could really, really. Now, I mean, there's um, Dillian White isn't tied to Sky. Like, his fight with Joshua was on Sky, and Eddie Hearn's trying to get him back on uh, the undercard of the next Joshua fight. But he's not tied to Sky. Like, Huey Fury is now tied to Box Nation. So, you know, White could reasonably go over there and do it. So there don't have to be those kind of politics in the way. Um, But now Huey Fury, I said, their their team have turned it down, which is, I don't know. It seems odd, considering they're the ones always moaning about the fact they're not getting fights and people keep ducking them. Yeah. It would have been a good progression fight for um, Huey Fury. Just test him, see what sort of level he's at. Oh, absolutely. And it would have been, he would have learned, at the very least he would have learned something, um, even if he got knocked out, for example. Yeah, which is what the Fury team have always said they're about, is, you know, even if we lose, I don't mind losing, um, as long as they learn something from it. So yeah, it's, really odd. it's a really disappointing odd. Yeah, to me. It's a disappointing one that they're uh, they've turned it down. I'm not, but I called it a duck. I'm not sure really. Um, you've got to almost you've got to almost think that it it, that it certainly feels that way. You, yeah, uh, you know if you, if you were confident, I don't know. Like we said, we you if you can outline the 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 positives and the and the gains that he gets from it, i.e. learning or. You know, uh, well, that's what it boils down to, isn't it? Learning experience, yeah. which I mean, are <clears throat> definitely tangible amounts of, of of said sort of benefits. Why, you know, why why not do it? Yeah, well, that's it basically. Why not? Do yeah, it? 
But, I mean, in the same week, you've got Amir Khan has come out after he got splattered the other week. He's now come out and said, like, he's not... <laughs> he's come out and said he's not going to fight um, Kel Brook because he doesn't like him. Um, well, fair enough. Whatever. I think he's... Uh, yeah, I heard that, actually. I think he thinks he's too good for Kel Brook. And he's... I think he doesn't want to give him a payday. Yeah. Um, Which, ironically, he's been... That's exactly what Mayweather and... He couldn't have thought much of Mayweather and Pacquiao were, were ducking, or not ducking him, but yeah. not interested in giving her a payday. And then he's like, <laughs> doing yeah. exactly the same thing to Kel Brook. Um, so, no, it's, uh, you've got Kel Brook saying he won't fight someone because he... Sorry, Amir Khan saying he won't fight someone because he doesn't like him. <laughs> and then you've got Hugh <laughs> Fury saying, I won't fight someone because I do like him. <laughs> like, fuck me, can't you just... <laughs> you just thought... Yeah, he's, he's... Yeah. Oh, God, it's frustrating, isn't it? Um, yes, I'm not a huge fan of all that. It's, uh, yeah, but it's great. And there's, um, David Allen, who's a heavyweight, who's going to fight for the English title. I can't remember who he's fighting against. Uh, Sam Sexton, Norwich heavyweight. Um, and that's essentially an eliminator then to take on, uh, to take on the winner of the British heavyweight. But the British one is now going to be up in the air because... You know, Dillian White hasn't got a, a partner for it. So, who is he going to fight for it? I don't know. Maybe they then pull up David Allen, who's fighting Sam Sexton for the English. Maybe they pull one of those two up. Maybe they pull in David Price. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, there's an interesting one. David Allen, the heavyweight who's fighting for the English, tweeted out the other day um, <laughs> to at Dillian White. Uh, beating Brian Minto and Costa Jr. and landing one shot on Joshua doesn't make you world level. We're British level. Let's fight for that, Dillian White. <laughs> so, like, stoking it up a little bit. I won't read you exactly what Dillian White wrote <laughs> back. Oh, really? Okay. Can we get an abridged version? Uh, I can't really abridge something that was only, what, about... Uh, okay, like a, a beeped version? A beeped version, yeah. So, Dillian White just replied... I'll show it to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to kill you, you... See you next Tuesday. Stop talking. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <What's>... <laughs> Chill out, Dillian. <laughs> Isn't that technically a death threat, so you should get arrested? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah, so that, that stokes it up a little bit. For, uh, for them but uh, <laughs> yeah so that's kind of how it works so then you've got um, other eliminators going on um, so you've got uh, Ian Lewison against Gary Cornish I think that's what it was I can't, I, there's another level if I wasn't so hungover I'd have fucking looked into it probably <laughs> if I'm honest mate we've done 38 minutes at this point happy days Gee, I don't know my first there. five <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, there's other eliminators that then get ordered by the board underneath that top level to take place by September. Uh, and all these then feed upwards. The eliminators feed into the right. next, you know, through the chain, essentially, of, of command um, until you kind of get to those title fights. So, um, yeah, there's some, yeah, I say, it's broken down by all weight divisions in these circulars. And they put them up on the board website and uh, quite an interesting uh, read, Norman. Yeah, it'd, be a, it'd be a good article to... Read, as you know, I'm a frequenter of your articles. Yeah, all the time, but I know that. <laughs> um, I have nothing else to add. Do you? No. Okay, right. I guess we can wrap up then. Uh, yeah, we don't have much to cover. 
uh, obviously it's a bit of a short podcast this week, but you're probably grateful for that, given our current mood. Yeah, yeah, I uh, think you should be. And uh, <laughs> so I just, it'd just be uh, nice to wrap up now, and uh, we'll see you, we'll speak to you next week-ish. Ta-ra. Bye. <laughs>